everything's a little too cushy in America now. You know what I mean? Where's the trick? I only ever got treat when I was younger. I never found a razor blade in my candy. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Arden Rose. And I'm Will Dobbins. And you're listening to Crash on My Couch. Which is our one-stop pit stop of the internet. Of all the interesting things that you would like to hear about. Ain't that right, Willie D? That is right. This week on Crash on My Couch, we talk about the most haunted film of all time. We entertain you with some spooky Halloween facts. Mm-hmm. And we talk about one of the creepiest cults that's ever existed. This week and more on Crash on My Couch. My name is Will Dobbshire. And my name's Arden Rose. And this is Crash on My Couch. There's a black cat meowing. If you didn't already know, this one is a Halloween spectacular. We're going to be talking about everything Halloween. We're traveling back to Halloween Town. We're going to be hopping on some broomsticks, slaving away over a cauldron, and eating some candy. I don't even know what sound I'm doing anymore, but I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) I was just kind of moaning into this microphone. Did you ever used to watch Halloween Town? Do you ever see that film, Halloween Town? I mean, I've definitely seen it in passing before. It was on Disney Channel, wasn't it? I was more of a Hocus Pocus kind of lady. You weren't. A hocus pocus kind of lady. That's <laughs> that's an absolute lie. <laughs> that's a lie. I just caught you out on a lie. Okay, she was. She's the <laughs> that's opposite. Absolutely a lie. <laughs> Arden had had was a hocus pocus virgin up until you made me watch it like last year, right? Wait, did we even watch it around Halloween? I feel like we watched it like a couple months ago. <laughs> just in the middle of the year. I think we did. I think you just made me watch it because you're like, how the fuck have you not seen hocus pocus? Well, I grew up watching it, so I guess, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't, I was more of a Nightmare Before Christmas kind of lady. Whereas I hadn't seen that before. Which is wild to me. Yeah. That you've seen Hocus Pocus and not Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, it is bizarre because in the UK, I just don't, uh, maybe this could be totally wrong because I'm sure that everyone in the UK has seen it. But I just, it, I, it never kind of cropped up for me. Maybe it was an American thing, but I just remember, for, like, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas was and is such a big deal. It's such a good film. It's A, it's such a good film and, like, personally... I've seen every Tim Burton film except for Sweeney Todd. I still haven't seen Sweeney Todd. Don't know how. Um, but it's my favorite Tim Burton film of all time. Really? Yeah. Night Before Christmas is iconic. It's my favorite. Because you can watch it. It's the same way that a lot of people now we know watch Die Hard at Christmas time. It's like, it's one of those movies that you can watch at Christmas, Halloween. Technically, you could watch it at Easter if you wanted to because Easter is involved. And like a bunch of other holidays because they go into the holiday forest. It's a clever. It's a clever theme. It's sort of, yeah. But you know, all of his films are very Halloween themed, aren't they? Well, he's spooky. He makes spooky. He's stuff. He's a spooky guy because like, my favorite Tim Burton film is probably Beetlejuice. Oh, Beetlejuice is so good. Beetlejuice is so good. I really like Edward Scissorhands as well. I think that's mm. totally that's iconic because it's it's freaky, but it's also hilarious because he really leans into how weird and bizarre it is that this person with scissors for hands is just living in a suburban neighborhood. Oh, no, that <laughs> film makes me so unsettled. I don't know a thing about that film. Like him trying to what is it that he's trying to do when he tries to open? He's like mm, and he's trying to open something with his hands. I really he and he can't do it. He can't open. I can't remember what it is. That's that bit where he's like he's trying to like take care of the girl and he ends up just like cutting her no so bad (laughs) it's just the worst thing ever but um um, how do we get on that topic 
Oh yeah, Halloween. Hi, spooky Halloween goers. We're doing a Halloween episode. We're yeah. So this is going to be a, a crazy, crazy roller coaster of nonstop Halloween knowledge. Yes. We are going to be introducing on this Halloween special two new segments. Two new segments, which we're very excited about. But one of them, or maybe both of them, we need your help. No, 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 no. One of them. Only one of them. We only, we only need one of so them. So we will we will reveal them to you very shortly. Yeah. But, but one of them we don't have a title for yet. No. So we need your help for that reason. And the spooky day. The spooky day. <laughs> the first thing that we do need help with, we already told you guys we wanted to do this segment ages ago. Yes. But we wanted to do... Um, a movie segment. A movie segment. Talking about movies we're excited about, talking about past movies that we think are really cool. We're going to actually talk about a movie in particular, a very haunted movie today, which we're excited about. Yeah, so the segment is about films and movies and, like, fun mm-hmm. history, mm-hmm. future facts, kind of cool things. Yep, and just to give you, you might some... might not know. Just to give you some background, um, we spent, like, a good ten minutes before we, we started recording this podcast trying to figure out a good name for it. And the best one I came up with was... Let's go catch a matinee. And the best one Will came up with was. I can't, what was the one I came up with? I think he was just like, let's go to the lobby. Yeah, let's go to the lobby. Let's go. To, let's all go to the Honestly, lobby. Honestly, they're, they're both they're both not quite up to terrible sky. names. So, so we've settled on just currently movies. movies. That's that's the name of the segment. So if you have a better name for a segment, we're Help. gonna be thinking over the week. And if you guys can have a next thing for next week. That would be helpful. Anything yeah. fun, you know? Yeah. Anything fun. Mm-hmm. You can give us a sentence, we'll say it. Yeah, or even like a phrase from a famous a movie. phrase. That's a great point. Yeah. So whatever your favorite, like give us your favorite movie quotes. Send us like whatever you think we could possibly name this movie segment. Send it to our Twitters, at Arden Rose, at Will Derbyshire, uh, hashtag crash on my couch. Send us it or email us, crashonmycouchshow at gmail.com with your suggestions. We would love to know a good movie segment. So... Going off the title of the current segment, let's start talking about some movies. movies. Um, so weird. It's just a to terrible, say terrible title. So bad. Someone help us. Um, um, so, okay, so because we're doing a Halloween special and because we're talking about Halloween scary, spooky stuff, um, I thought we could talk about the most cursed hit movie ever made, mm. which is Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby. You guys have probably heard about it before. It's got a cult following because it, it, it has such a dark past, the actual movie does. But the genesis of the movie and how it came about, because it was originally um, a top-selling novel. Yeah, should we tell them what the plot, of the, the plot of the film is? Yes. Well, so when this first came out, it uh, was a very controversial book, even though it was a bestseller, because... It's basically a movie all about a woman becoming the harbinger of, of the devil. Like, she's going to give birth to the devil because this cult has come around her and um, basically paved the path for her to reincarnate the devil through her womb. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a horror. It's from the 60s. Uh, popular in it. director, uh, Roman Polanski, directs it. Kind of, kind of his big big signature film or well, it's up there with his big signature film i believe it fits into uh i think called the apartment trilogy but i could be wrong mm-hmm. and that was uh, two other films which he made kind of set in an apartment a lot of rosemary's babies set in that in, inside a house where she's kind of trying to yeah work out what the fuck's happening and do you want to know why 
why why it's set in a house. Tell in, me. And everything. Tell me. So the actual book, it starts off having a curse, like from the novel, or the movie is cursed. Mm. In 1967, Ira Levine was already, by most anyone's standards, a very, very successful writer. At 21, he'd sold two TV scripts to NBC soon after a Broadway, a Broadway play garnered a Tony nod, and his first novel, in which a ruthless young man murders his pregnant lover, won the 1954 Edgar Award. But with every hit came a flop, and success always seemed to come with a cost, a theme rooted deeply in all his best works, especially Rosemary's Baby. Right. So, like all good scary stories, and by the way, this is on Vanity Fair, um, this one starts out very ordinary. In 1965, struggling as always for his next big idea, Levine looked no further than his pregnant wife in their New York apartment. He plopped every would-be parent's feelings of anxiety atop an imminent historical moment. June 1966, or 666, a.k.a. the number of the beast, as predicted in the New Testament's book of Revelation. Religious counterculture was already swirling. The Church of Satan was soon to be established in San Francisco, and in April 1966, Time magazine had just famously asked on its cover, Is God Dead? So this is all happening when Rosemary's Baby is being written. Okay. Um, Levine went even darker. What if he took the birth of Jesus and turned the whole tale upside down? What if God was not only dead, but the devil lived? And that's the basis of Rosemary's Baby. Terrifying. Yep. A Jewish atheist, Levine nonetheless wrote with mounting reservations. He was sort of taking notes, he said, of his wife's progress along, alongside Rosemary's, but flatly refused to let her read the manuscript. He was worried the book was blasphemy, and he thought he was going to get back blacklisted from publishers, or, or worse, because especially back in that time, it was not very cool to talk negatively about god or jesus about satanism yep it was actually published 50 years ago um last spring rosemary's baby was instead immediately declared perfect the best horror novel ever crafted a modern masterpiece like everyone loved it loved wow. it truman capote um said levine was like henry james and four million copies flew off store shelves so incredible he got insane success and then a year later the success continued because the movie was going to be directed by Roman Polanski, um, and he was looking for his own Hollywood big break. Yeah. And, um, like, the movie, Roger Ebert wrote that it outdid Hitchcock. Like, that Rosemary's Baby was, like, the new film that the you could look thing. at for suspense mm. um, and horror. And then the curse began. <laughs> yeah, so this film this film came out, um, 60s, big success terrifying film still t- still Ooh. a really kind of scary unnerving film when you see the devil's face for the first time like after well, it all happens don't don't that's a big spoiler it's Ro- rosemary's babies came out in the 60s if you haven't seen rosemary's babies yet then you yeah but i was just saying like people that haven't seen it, you should watch it this halloween well you should watch it but also like because it's a good like don't spooky. get mad if it gets spoiled for you because <laughs> it came out like nearly 50 over yeah, 50 yeah, yeah. years ago no i know so um but anyway so uh, film came out, big success, big horror film. Everyone loved it, and all of a sudden, th- things started happening. And thus, as a result of that, the film has been dubbed the most cursed film of all time. Of all time, yes. So Arden Rose, fill me in <laughs> about why it is the most cursed film. The first unlucky soul was Comedia. Details of his death are still scarce, but Polanski told it in this way: in autumn of 1968. Then, 37-year-old Kamita was roughhousing at a party when he fell off a rocky escarpment and into a four-month coma. 
my gosh. The very same affliction Levine's witches used to kill Rosemary's suspicious friend in the book. Kamita never regained consciousness and died in Poland the following year. So that's, so that's the first person's been killed. First death. And who was that? What was the what was the job? Was that for the producer? I think he was a producer. Okay. In 1969, producer William Castle, sick with worry from the hate mail he received constantly, was suddenly stricken with severe kidney stones. While delirious in the hospital, he hallucinated scenes from the film and was said to have yelled, Rosemary, for God's sake, drop the knife. Castle recovered, just barely, and never made a Hollywood hit again. Wow. Yep. Then there's Polanski's fate, and we already know this. We already, yeah. we already know what his deal, deal was. Um, he relocated to California alongside his new girlfriend, actress Sharon Tate, who uh, was just off her role in The Eye of the Devil, which was like a big deal. Yeah. Um, and she was actually really close to getting the lead in Rosemary's Baby, which is crazy. Crazy. But Tate actually ended up being kind of an extra on set. So Sharon Tate, can, you can actually see her in some of the scenes in Rosemary's wow, Baby. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, she just loiters around the background. And she's kind of like a ghost in the young people only party scene. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. Like, she, you can see her in the back of a lot of the shots of the film. So we should, we should explain who Sharon Tate is. Sharon Tate is Roman Polanski's wife who was murdered alongside her baby um, because she was, she was eight months pregnant. Uh, and she was murdered by Charles Manson. Yeah, well, actually, not not she, Charles Manson actually didn't stab her or kill her, but one of his cult members did. I think it was yeah, Tex. but he was the 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 ringleader. So mm-hmm. They called the, they called the Charles Manson murders, aren't they? The Manson the Manson family. family. Yep. The Manson family murders. Yep. Uh, which big, which was a big thing in sixties and seventies, early seventies, or did it was it done by the early sixty nine, bro. So, Helter uh, Skelter, 69. So, um, yeah, he was a serial killer, um, as were his, his, family his family members. They killed a number of people. She died, as did her son. And uh, that happened not long after the film came out. The, the Rosemary's Baby was still in theaters when it happened. That's terrifying. And also, um, Roman Polanski, um, I mean, this is not a curse thing. He's just, you know, a horrible person and did this. But he got accused of... Uh, sexual abuse and, uh, and pedophilia, right? And pedophilia, and therefore uh, left California and has been hiding in France ever since because of these charges. Mm-hmm. So it all kind of backfired. Did anything else happen to any of the rest of the cast members after the film came out? Or was it? Um. Well, the weird thing is, it's like uh, Levine himself, the writer, never fell from a cliff or like died in some horrible way yeah but his marriage crumbled and he got divorced in 1968 wow um and he he never rode the rosemary's baby wave into hollywood but um yeah so it's just like everyone that kind of like touched the film like had something bad happen something to them. bad happened to them yeah 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 because also the um i don't know if you read this but the film composer died of a brain clot one year after making the film the same way a character in the film dies it's crazy um, well then, and also like the reason why Levine kind of he's distanced himself from Rosemary's Baby. He the Catholic Church really hated him, Levine. He kind of went into hiding after everything happened because he got bombarded with, by the Catholic Church for so long. You, you want to hear like a kind of weird um, tentative connection, which is kind of elaborate, but like because it's the Halloween episode, I feel like we can say. Yeah. The Manson family nicknamed their murder spree Helter Skelter. After the Beatles song, Helter Skelter, 
Later, John Lennon will be murdered outside his hotel, the Dakota. This was the same hotel used in some scenes of Rosemary's Baby. Wow, that's so upsetting. Yeah. So, you know, there's a number of kind of films which um, supposedly are kind of a cursed background. Another big one is The Poltergeist, um, which was a film in, I think it was the, was the 70s, 80s. And it was everyone who appeared in the Poltergeist trilogy. So there were a number of people that died after that film. Like, after, an, Poltergeist? after the Poltergeist trilogy, yeah. Let's so, just continue this uh, movies segment into a Poltergeist segment. Yeah, what is um, <laughs> that? Four of the trilogy's actors all died within six years of the first movie. Wait, giving really? Rise to the talk of the Poltergeist curse, curse. Yeah. So supposed deaths include child actor Efo Rourke, who appeared in all three films and died just before the third film's release. Suffering what was thought to be the flu, she was taken to hospital and later died at the operating table from complications. Then Julian Beck, who played the old man in part two, uh, died of cancer, and the Native American actor Willie Will Sampson died during an operation. Note that he was wanted at the time for suffocation of a lobotomized Jack Nicholson and vandalism of state property. What? Wait, what are you talking about? Um, another person that died was Dominic Dunn, who was the oldest child in the first film. He was strangled to death by her boyfriend the same year the film was released. And that's where the curse apparently gets shaky. This is all this is on crack.com, by the way. Since that seems less like supernatural misfortune and more like having a shitty murderous boyfriend. <laughs> so it's it's crazy. So like there are four main people in the podcast. Wait, how old was the girl when she died? The young I'm not sure. So maybe you can help me look by looking at that. What's her name? Heather O'Rourke. How do you spell O'Rourke? O R O U R K E. Okay, let me see. Dude, she died in 1988. So when was Poltergeist? Oh, gross! She was 13 years old when she died. Yeah. Oh, that's so upsetting. Oh, that's really upsetting. Yeah. So the film is just kind of like it really is kind of cursed. And uh, by the way, guys, if you don't know what the Poltergeist is about, um, I've only seen it once but a long time ago i've never seen it the poltergeist is basically a horror film it was a one of three trilogy and it came out in the year um the first one came out in 1982 the second one came out in 1986 then 1988 and uh yeah they're basically like about a house that kind of gets haunted by ghosts so it's like a ghost spooky ghost film how have we not seen that together yet um I don't know. We should watch it. You, should, you guys listening to this should watch it. You've got Rosemary's Baby you can watch. you got the Polder Guys you should watch. Just to fill in, fill in the cursed movie. Got a whole lot of things to watch. Um, so, yeah. I think we should probably move on. Yeah, let's do it. So, yeah. That's the dealio. Cursed movies. It can happen. It's terrifying. <laughs> let's hope I never get in a movie that's cursed. <laughs> Or maybe it's really maybe it's really fun to be in a cursed movie. It's weird though, isn't it, when you think about it? Because like obviously the Brothers Baby is such a cursed film itself. Like it's the the subject matter is about like the devil and Satanism. It came out at a really weird time. Poltergeist too. is about ghosts and, and being haunted and like demons and all this stuff and like. But doesn't like horrible hap- stuff happen in like regular films too? I'm sure it does. That no one talks about. That's the thing with all these like haunted stuff. I'm like I love it because it's fun to entertain, but also like. You know, everyone has an editor that dies in a weird way, yeah. or like whatever. You know what I mean? Like, 
I don't know. It's not that I, I feel like they the reason why these get like an occult status is because it's fun to connect the dots and make it like, ooh, creepy spooky yeah, time. Yeah. But in reality, stuff happens. Although I will say Rosemary's baby is particularly upsetting. That's really weird. Yeah. Um so the next segment we're gonna be talking about is our newest segment. And guys, we have a title for this, so that we love and we're into it. Into the wormhole. We're going into a wormhole. Wormhole. We're going into a wormhole. So this segment is um, about all the fun history stuff, which we haven't really acknowledged or spoken about on this podcast. We wanted to do like a segment where we could go back in time and do um, like, you know, talk about fun stuff and and talk about historically relevant stuff that comes up in, in mainstream, too. Mm. We've been hearing a lot about Christopher Columbus recently, which is always fun, because I love bashing people who don't deserve to be <laughs> glorified. And uh, so, yeah, we thought it would be fun to have a place where we can do just that and talk about cool stuff that happened in the past, important stuff that happened in the past, uh, life-changing stuff that happened in the past. So because this is a uh, Halloween episode, yes. we're going to be going and talking about some Halloween facts you probably didn't know about. What's your Halloween facts? Um, oh, babe, I've got a few. Well, hit me up with the Halloween facts, then. Okay, so this is on Bustle.com. Yay, Bustle! Uh, and uh, they have some interesting things, which you probably didn't probably didn't even think about. Okay. So, um, number one, Halloween didn't originate in America. Can I guess where it originated? Yeah, tell me. All Hallows Eve. Where would it have originated? Yeah, probably not going to get this, because like, this is Can like... I... Okay. Let me see what I can do. Okay. Okay. Um, is it Greek or Roman? Neither. Fuck. It's a pagan holiday. Mm-mm. Fuck. Canada. Mexico. No, but that was a good shout because they do have the Day of the Dead festival. That's what I was thinking. I was like, ooh, Hallow's Eve. Mm-mm. Got it. Got them. Okay, no, I don't know. What? Where? Uh, it, the holiday actually came from Ireland's Celtic festival what? for the dead. Some Sam- Samhain. For them, the festival represented the ending of the old and the welcoming of the new. Oh, I live for it. Yeah. Why does everyone feel like Halloween has to be such like a a creepy devil time? Because it's fun. No, no, no. I think it's fun now. But like, I remember when I was like, when I was younger. <gasps> Did I ever tell you this? There were people in my school that weren't allowed to celebrate Halloween because it was like a holiday of the devil. I feel bad for those people. They also couldn't read Harry Potter because witchcraft. That makes sense. And then the person that, like, wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter, this is my favorite part, the person that wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter because it was too witchcraft and, like, not in line with our church, like, ended up smuggling, like, all nine books or whatever, how many, however many books there are, read all of them, and also just, like, came out as gay, like, a couple months ago. Nice. And I'm like, yes, dude, like, get out of your oppressive family, have fun, read Harry Potter. I love that they had to smuggle books, that is, that is he had so to smuggle Harry so, Potter. so incredible. I know, but anyways, yeah, so there were people who weren't allowed to celebrate Halloween when I was growing up, there's a fun fact <laughs> right there. Um, another fun fact for you, jack-o'-lanterns uh-huh. were originally not made out of pumpkins. Can I, can I guess? Yeah, you can. We should, let's make this a quiz, and can Arden guess all of the Halloween facts? Can Arden guess, guess all, all the Halloween facts? <laughs> if it was originated in California, then it was an avocado that started it. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to say squash. Uh, no, it wasn't squash. Gourds. Gourds. You, well, you think of Ireland. Gourds. No, you keep Rocks. saying gourds. No. Turn no, no, no. Turn Shh, Wait, how? 
I do not associate Ireland with turnips. The Irish use turnips to make their jacqueline masterpieces. What? Yeah. Turnips are tiny. Turnips. How would you, how would you use a turnip? Maybe they have giant turnips now. <gasps> do they? I'm gonna look it up. Do they have giant turnips in Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> I want to find out. Um. Giant Irish turnip. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, look. Well, I don't know if this is real. Look at the little. They use little turnips. Huh. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Look. There's a big, rooty, creepy turnip jack-o'-lantern that I'm looking at. But, okay, Ireland, <laughs> you got the creepy stuff down before we did. <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently, um, the trick-or-treat element to Halloween, which uh-huh. uh, I feel like it's kind of overlooked now. People don't really do trick-or-treat. Trick treat. Um, the trick part of trick-or-treat used to be a real thing. In the 1800s, they were filled with horrible pranks because of it. According to Live Science, tipping over outhouses, opening farmers' gates, and egging houses were not unheard of on Halloween or in the name of tricking and treating. So, actually, you know, the tricking part was just as big as, like, giving out candy and all that crap. Oh, my gosh. I love that the 1800s versions of, like... They were badass. Tricks are like, let's open the barn. <laughs> like, let's tip over the outhouse. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you want to take a guess? Oh, my gosh. This is insane. How many millions of pounds of candy are made each year like famous halloween candy is produced each year do you want to take a guess when i used millions i've said millions to help you out because otherwise i don't think you'd get that that kind of would have been the point is i would have said like you know like a couple hundred pounds then you would have been like um like seven million 35 million pounds of candy of halloween candy each year wow that's a lot of candy. It's a lot of fucking candy. That's a lot of candy. I want to bring back the trick-or-treat thing. Like, can we please start tricking people? Not in a really mean way, but just, like, if you're going through Chick-fil-A drive through like, give them Chick-fil-A sauce instead of honey mustard and be like, trick-or-treat. You know what I mean? Just a little trick. Nothing crazy, but just, like, to bring back the bring back the tradition. Sure. You know what I mean? We could do that. We've kind of lost it a little bit. Now everything, everything's too part cushy. Of everything's a little too cushy in America now. You know what I mean? Where's the trick? I only ever got treat when I was younger. I never found a razor blade in my candy. Uh, uh, that that wasn't the trick, though. <laughs> that wasn't the trick? Slicing your that tongue was, off? Okay, to well. Kill people. There's, uh, a, there's a fine for using silly string in Hollywood on October 31st. What? So if you plan to have silly string, reports say that you get fine for a thousand dollars for using silly string. bitch sounds for like i'm about using to lose a thousand dollars selling silly string sounds like i'm about to be an underground silly string dealer come 31st don't tell anyone but i'll be on the streets hollywood and sunset find me apparently according to life science no one has ever been poisoned from the halloween candy yeah dude i read that wait 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 no one has ever died can we talk about that though so do you remember like i don't know if you remember this but when i was a kid it was such a big deal like parents were always like be careful about the candy you eat your neighbors might poison you there might be a razor blade in it or whatever that never fucking happened i never heard about a single kid that i knew or like like anywhere even in a neighborhood that wasn't like that well off no neighborhood ever had a kid die on halloween because they ate like a rotten apple sucker like do you realize how lazy people are on halloween they don't want to poison kids that takes effort 
It takes so much effort. It's so, like, less of a thing to just go to CVS and get, like, one pack of, like, gumdrops or something. It's so much easier than poisoning kids. It is. Just, like, from sheer convenience, no one poisons kids. Who would? Okay. Have you, have you finished? I don't know. It's that? kind of a rant because I just remember it being a thing. <laughs> like, once again, I'm just bringing back up childhood things. But, like, I remember there was one house that I would sometimes go trick-or-treating with. Like, you know how you would get friends together and go trick-or-treating? Get a little posse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sometimes, like, when obviously when I was younger, I would do it alone or I would do it with my sister. And that was, like, so much fun. And, like, when we got home, we ate all of our fucking candy, like, just disgusting monsters and rotted all of our teeth out. But if I went with my friend, we would come home. I don't think I ever told my parents this. But we would come home back to their place, all hang out in the living room, dump all of our stuff and, like, do, like, candy trades. Yeah. But before we could do candy trades... Her parents would come into the room and look through all our candy, like, and I'm using air quotes, to, like, make sure it was all good. And if they ever, like, found suspicious candy, they would take it from us. So, like, I remember one time, like, one of her parents took, like, Fun Dip from me. No. I, like, bitch, Fun Dip's the best part of Halloween. <laughs> what are you, no, I know what you're doing. You're not trying to check for poisonous they're eating anthrax. It. They're eating it for themselves. They absolutely are. That dick was just trying to steal my candy. It makes sense. Oh, it's seriously. When you look at it, it makes sense. Um, it pisses me I off. I have one last fact for you. Okay. Sorry, I had to go on that rant. There is a reason why orange and black are used as the Halloween's colors. Ooh, can I guess? Take a guess. <laughs> I'm going to guess every time. Pumpkins and black is the darkest color. <laughs> Not far off. Oh, okay. Um, orange represents the harvest. Ooh, okay. And black represents the death of summer. Okay. So, you know, theoretically, I mean, <laughs> I love that, though. That yeah. makes sense. The death of summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go, guys. There's some fun facts. I like that. Do you remember when we went to go get pump? We went pumpkin picking last year. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. That was fun. Well, we wasn't should it? go to a proper pumpkin patch because we went to like some weird ass pumpkin patch. <laughs> it was good, but like it wasn't. The reason why it didn't feel like a legit pumpkin patch to you is because it was also 95 degrees in the valley, so it doesn't feel. Yeah, like but they have like cornfields and stuff you could probably go into. We went to like someone's side of the road, didn't we? Yeah, that's how most pumpkin patches are. But that there, we can find. But you know what? There was a cornfield across the street that we could have gone into. Do you remember that? Yeah. But then we couldn't because no one was banning it. That makes it that even creepier, That was a sad though. day. But that makes it even creepier. I like going to places that, like, if I'm going to do Halloween stuff, I like going to the sketchy Halloween stuff. You know what I mean? Because it adds to the suspense of it. Well, I want to go to Universal. Ooh. Are we going to go? I, I think I have a couple friends that, like, I have a couple friends that work at Universal, so maybe. How cool would that be? Well, good. Then we'd be out of line from from all the terrifying people. See, that's the thing. I don't want. I don't want Pennywise to come up and like scare me. Pennywise? Oh, you just know Pennywise is going to be there. This I don't year. like it. I hate. Clowns. There's going to be a Pennywise maze. I, oh, I don't like it. Uh, University this thing every year called Fright. Is it called Fright Nights? Yeah. And they run it for I think a couple weeks. They're probably running it right now, actually. Well, they are running it right now because yeah. it's Halloween. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, it's basically they take over the park and they put in the series of like horror mazes. And yeah, then... and they are realistic. And they're like, they have yeah. Like I was talking to Amanda 
who um, is part of Mr. Student Body President. She plays Elise yeah. on Mr. Student Body President. And every year she auditions for it. You have to audition for oh, it. Oh, wow. If you want to be an actor as like one of the zombies or like whatever, you have to audition. You have to be like a theater major to go in and do it. So you commit to a character. Yeah. Like if you're going to go in as a zombie, you are a zombie. You are going to Yeah, and then you walk around brains. the park just being terrifying. Um, and then all the rides are like kind of changed to be a bit more like kind of Halloween y. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what Amanda is? What? Because they're doing a shining um, maze. No. She's one of the twins. That is horrifying. How fun is that? We should do the shining maze. I would actually go to do that. I just hate people jumping out at me. That's the thing. I don't want anyone running at me or jumping at That's me or my whatever. Worst like, I hate it. I, I'm getting anxious. And they like they like touch you. They touch your back and stuff. There needs to be a no touching policy. Um, so yeah, I, I've been wanting to do it for a while, but we've both been too scared to do it. So, but now I don't like being scared. We're gonna commit. We're gonna commit to it. I would rather um, act in it. Anyway, okay. Last segment. Oh yeah. We. Oh sorry, I got so off track. Okay, and now to round out our spooky Halloween episode, um, it's only appropriate to choose one of our own spooky segments, which is, you know what we should do today, Will? Tell me, Arden. We should join join a a cult. cult. Yep, because we're going to go join a cult. Well, rather, we're going to talk about a a cult that a bunch of people joined and then died because of. So let's do it. This is on crack.com. Uh, and this cult is called the Heaven's Gate Cult. This is a big cult, right? People know about this. Yep, it's huge. On March 26, 1997, 39 people were found dead in a California mansion, having methodically killed themselves over the course of three days in the belief that they would ascend to a higher plane of existence. 39 people. 39 people. Depending on how old you are, this is either news or a reminder of an event that dominated the media for a while, before we all went back to being enthralled by the fresh sound of the Spice Girls. Um, In the middle of a lot of baseless uh, speculation, everyone agreed on one thing. The dead had belonged to a group called Heaven's Gate. Um, And that's because the media found a website advertising the group, which just added the mystique. Keep in mind that in 1997, having a website made you a mysterious future wizard. The site still exists today because Heaven's Gate left behind two members to maintain it, answer emails, and sell books and VHS tapes of their belief. And they agreed to talk to us. Wow. So we have an interview of the two remaining Heaven's Gate That is wild. People. Yeah. Um, the group was founded by Marshall Applewhite, a minister's son who had stints as a soldier, teacher, singer, and deli owner, and Bonnie Nettles, a nurse who had a habit of conducting seances and who believed that her spirit of a 19th century monk spoke to her. Good. Um, the two met in 1972 and immediately became close friends. Applewhite thought they had met in a previous life. While Nettles claimed their meeting had been foretold to her by extraterrestrials, Applewhite had recently been devastated by the death of his father. Nettles' marriage was failing, and generally, it wasn't as healthy of a basis for a friendship as, say, a shared interest in Mario Kart, (laughs) says this cracked article. Entire books have been written about what happened next, but the short version is that after a period of intense religious studies, Applewhite and Nettles concluded that the two were witnesses referred to in the Book of Revelations. Um, which is a pop- popular claim for fringe religious groups. Like, a lot of religious groups are like, we're the witnesses. You know what I mean? In That's so, such a crazy, like, such a huge thing to think you are. You are. You, are you have person. to have such, like, a, 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 like a, a view of yourself as so much more grandiose yeah. than you actually yeah. are. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. That's why I can't get with, like, most religions, but definitely no cults, is because they all, like, adhere to the idea that there's one person that's, like, a prophet or a minister of God. And it's like, you really think you're that important, honey? No. 
um, and that they had been given higher level minds to fulfill biblical prophecies. Right. So not only are they like higher beings, but they're also smarter than everyone, obviously. Of course. Um, so, of course, because all crazy people can't just keep their crazy themselves, they hit the road and started preaching, preaching covering 8,000 miles in a single month and going broke in the process. These weren't scam artists demanding payments for salvation. They were true believers. Their precise beliefs kept shifting like a philosophy undergrads, but the gist of what they finally landed on is that the biblical God is actually an incredibly advanced alien, that the earth is due to be recycled, and that under the right guidance, humans can ascend to the evolutionary level above human, essentially a snazzy sci-fi version of heaven. So the earth is going to be recycled, God is an alien, and if you can make yourself smart enough, you can ascend to a higher plane, Got it. aka heaven. Cool. And we're not joking when we say sci-fi version. The group were science fiction fans, and Star Trek terminology kept popping up in their beliefs to the point where the people who killed themselves semi-seriously, semi-jokingly, wore armbands that read, Heaven's Gate Away Team. Oh, God. According I mean, that doesn't sound good. No. According to our source, a source, source, according to our source, source, beings from that higher level sometimes pop down to check on our development, like cosmic landlords. That happened most recently during Applegate's life. The time before that was just over 2,000 years ago. We'll let you figure out who that's referring to. Right. So they're saying that Jesus was the first person that came down and was like, you guys are doing okay. <laughs> and then Applegate came down and was like, yep, you guys are doing okay. Then the group starts looking like a cult. It took Applewhite and Nettles almost 17 months to get their first recruit. Then she quit after a few weeks, and Applewhite went to jail for six months for stealing a rented car. Good. But they kept at it, and eventually hundreds of people joined and started listening to them, including our sources, a.k.a. the two people that survived the cult. Is it um, illegal to, to make a cult? Um, if you're causing bodily harm to someone, yeah. yeah. But if you're just like – the problem is that there's like different definitions of a cult. Yeah. Like if it's, it's, if it's a cult in which someone is put into a power position and using that power to like – manipulate the people underneath him sure like the manson family mm. then yes 100 percent illegal um but if it's like just a bunch of people chilling loving each other yeah then that's typically called a religion ayo ayo um so yeah we were in the group for 12 years ty and doe applegate and nettles held a meeting in waldport oregon in September of 1975, we saw a poster about it in Eugene, Oregon, and made our way to the coast to be part of that gathering. It feels like the 60s and 70s were just like a huge cult time. Yeah. Like, everyone was doing LSD and it's just, a, like, finding A themselves. lot of cults in the 60s and 70s. And a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs, a lot of cults. When asked if they had previously held different re religious beliefs, their response was, everything was simply a stepping stone preparation for the next level understanding. And, and this is the poster I'll show you. Last chance to become... Last chance to advance beyond human. Beyond human. So there's a poster that says, um, UFO crew from evolutionary level above human offers last chance to advance beyond human. It's like Scientology, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's a cult. Yeah. They're, it's just, no, but I mean, just in terms of what they believe as well, it's very yeah. similar. Well, yeah, it's just, well, that's, that's the weird thing is a lot of these cults that started around the same time were all about like elevating your consciousness trying to like ascend to a higher plane yeah they all kind of use the same language which is interesting um in the late 70s they had about 70 dedicated members who spent years living in campgrounds listening to their teachings and living off one member's trust fund oh my gosh can you imagine how lucky they would get 
if just like a rich kid was just like, yeah, I kind of believe in it. And they're like, <laughs> cool. Um, when does your trust fund kick in? Yeah. 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 Um, eventually they acquired a couple houses where they lived, um, lives that were so regimented. They were given precise instructions on what the circumference of their pancakes should be, but they also got to play Yahtzee. So it wasn't all bad. Um, but attrition set in by the early nineties, they were down to roughly 26 members and Nettles had died of cancer despite her insistence that she would survive, um, which shook Applewhite and the group. So when she died of cancer, it was like, oh, oh yeah, wow. people can die. Oh yeah. Wait, we can die. Yeah. And our leader just died. So obviously this isn't working as well we thought as we thought we were. Um, they were living communally in San Diego by then, and our sources were actively working for them. Wow. In 1996, they trained us in being a satellite communications center for them. We took care of fulfilling email requests. We sent out books and tapes and answered emails while communicating with members of the group each day. After they departed, we received all their physical property and intellectual property holdings and followed their instructions to secure, protect, and maintain the website emails. So they eventually killed themselves, right? Yeah. So they, they drunk. How did they die? Was it poison? I literally just got to that part okay. of the article. Uh, by the way, when they say departed, after they departed, we, we received all their physical properties and intellectual properties. Um, by departed, they mean uh, mass suicide. Yeah. Right. So. It ended in a mansion full of corpses, some of them castrated. Applewhite had argued that the Halebop comment, Halebop, Halebop, Halebop comment? I don't know. It was a comment. I should know it, uh, but I don't. <laughs> Which was approaching Earth at the time, was accompanied by a spaceship guided by nettles. Yes, the one who had died, by the way. <laughs> it was apparently going to come on a comet spaceship. Um, that it was time for him and his followers to evacuate the planet. By discarding their physical bodies, their souls could join the ship and ascend to the next level. So Applewhite and his followers rented a mansion in California, mixed phenobarbital with applesauce, and washed it down with vodka in one of history's largest mass suicides. Wow. Applewhite recorded a lengthy message explaining their actions, and his followers also left exit statements. Applewhite looks tired. <laughs> Academics and the media have debated whether Applewhite's followers were true believers or simply so isolated and dependent they had no idea how to live without him. The term cult is a contentious one, but there's a reason that headlines used it to describe Heaven's Gate. Members all dressed the same and had identical haircuts, and, and worldly pleasures like alcohol, drugs, and sex were forbidden to the point where Applewhite and seven of his followers went to Mexico and paid a sketchy doctor to castrate them. As you know, they all committed ritualistic suicide. But unlike, say, Scientology, there was no evidence of intimidation tactics or physical or sexual abuse. No one had to pay to gain knowledge. Members had jobs that took them out into the world daily where their bosses loved them for being punctual, hardworking, and polite. And members could leave at any time, assuming they could walk away from a family-like group they'd been emotionally invested in for as, for as long as 20 years. Right. Um, but, but basically, like... The reason why the cult has, like, such a crazy status is not only because of the mass suicide, but also there was no sign of, like, a struggle. Like, no one, like it said, no sexual abuse. Yeah. No weird stuff. It wasn't like they doped them up on LSD and, like, got them. Because, like, the Manson family was, like, doing tons of drugs. And, yeah. And, like, having sex and being crazy and, like, just trying to get by. Yeah. But it seems like they had normal jobs and they were, like, normal people. And then all of a sudden it was like, yo, did Ted just commit mass suicide with a bunch of other people that is it's crazy to think about isn't it yeah it was weird so that's why it kind of like shook it shook everyone 
Um, this is this has happened in history kind of a few times before. This uh, there was another one where um, I think it was called the Jonestown Massacre. Oh, that was. And I awful. think that was you know wasn't it like nine hundred people um, did a mass suicide all because all in the name of a ho- uh, cult and like God, it's just terrible, isn't it? Terrible that people can be brainwashed and terrible that it gets to that point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let me see how many what how many people was it in the Jonestown one? I think it was like nine hundred. That's crazy. Ninety something. Ooh, yeah, 909 members. 909 members. Jim Jones, bro. So there you go. Uh, sorry to end the podcast on such a dark, <laughs> somber note. But this is the spooky But Halloween this is spooky Okay, well, that's how we're supposed to end it anyway. Spooky Halloween. We got, like, some fun Halloween facts in the middle there, so at least that. Yeah, I just felt like the, the mass suicide thing is, is interesting because it's just, like, so how, how, like, wrong. far something can go. I know. Well, also, it's it's just that it's also that these people found like a, I won't say a father figure because that sounds weird, but like they found a god figure in a human, which is what the problem is with a lot of cults is like yeah. you you make someone perfect even though every human has flaws yeah, um, and you believe them to a fault yeah, uh, and that's why you end up committing mass suicide because he was definitely going to commit suicide. I think he was probably also depressed because. Nettles had died, yep. his like partner for so long. So this was kind of his excuse to get out of everything. I think he just took the comment and was like, "Yeah, I think this is the time when I commit suicide." But if all you guys want to join, come on, let's go, <laughs> let's go to the higher level. Let's go. So yeah, stuff to think about. Food for thought. Mm-hmm. Watch Rosemary's Baby if you can. It's Halloween. Yep. Check out The Poltergeist this Halloween. Another great mm-hmm. horror movie. Mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas. because it's Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Bang, that's another great one. Um, let us know what you think about those movies and more. Send us a little tweet if you're feeling spooky. Extra spooky. Oh, I don't God. know. No. Um, well, definitely send us a tweet, too, if you have any good suggestions for our movie segment. Oh, yeah, that's important because we actually do need a name for that. And, yeah, apart from that, have a great Halloween. Totally. Have a great, fun, safe Halloween holiday. Yeah, okay. don't go around tricking people. Only give them dreams. Yeah, don't be swallowing any razor blades or anything crazy, crazy. like that. But also, don't let your best friend's dad take your fun dip. Because listen, it doesn't have anthrax in it. That's so true. I'm still pissed about it. I can. I'm gonna. I. I'm gonna go back and get a full bag, a fun dip, and eat all of it. Yeah, and where would you want to wear? You know. Where you want to be? If you want to be a giant, scary, horrible beast, beast, do but it. We were talking about this last year. You know, I'm like, there's such a, like a force for like women to dress in a promiscuous way. And then yesterday, like last year, we were like, oh man, wouldn't it be great if we just went as like, well, what duo were we gonna go as? Like something really horrific, like something really terrifying and bloody and like gory and not sexy at all. But yeah, I think. Embrace it. Embrace the spookiness. Text us and let us know what we should be for. Or text us. I want to hear something scary. Us. Tweet us. I said text us. Text us and figure out what you want us to so do. So much pressure to like kind of look good as well, but then. Did you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> um, tweet us and let us know what we should be for Halloween. Don't feel pressure to be sexy on Halloween because no one actually cares. And just rap boys that care. Unless you want to be sexy, in which case, be sexy. But um, happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween. Yeah. And um, go around, get some treats. Trying to try to trick too many people. And we will see you all next week. Mm. Boo. Bye. Bye.
Crash on my couch would not be crash on my couch without the help of these wonderful people. Mm-hmm. A special thanks to executive producer Tim Street, my manager Byron Ashley, producer Emma Kikuchi, and our editor Jason Carrier, and for production assistance from Alan Montana. Thank you.